0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, the show. My name's Doug Brown, and I'm joined by my good friend, Andrew Whitman. And this is uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're excited to, to talk to you all today. And just to give you a little background, um, this type of show started... Probably 10, 12 years ago, in Starbucks, we would uh, we meet and have coffee, and just talk about everything related to uh, the word and how it applies to real life. And and um, for those of you that, that that don't know us, I'm I'm just a regular guy. I'm not a not a uh, uh, trained minister or anything like that. Um, I'm just I live here in Greenville, South Carolina. I've got a, a wife, two daughters, um, in medical sales, and I've always been seeking um, after. More truth and information, and, and uh, hooked up with Andrew a few years back, and he's got an amazing story. If you don't know his story, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Started as a, and I'm gonna brag on you for a minute, man. So, <laughs> he started as a uh, missionary's kid, um, went all over the world, joined the Marine Corps. Um, after the Marine Corps, served in, in couple multiple theaters of of war in the early 90s, and uh, got into the ministry. Got into law enforcement, ended up rising all the way up to the top ranks, uh, protecting some of the most powerful people in the in the world, in the free world, um, in the, with the Capitol Police. And and he's done a number of things since then, uh, including um, you know lead a, a smaller church where he was directly responsible for shepherding and and helping uh, you know twenty thirty families on a on a personal level, and then pivoting later on into to the corporate world. And he's got such a fascinating. Story and a fascinating uh, understanding of of the word, and and not in a religious way. And I just I just hate that word so much. <laughs> um, you'll see why later. But what we're all about here is finding out how do you make how do you make this work in real life, where it's not just about something you do on Sunday. It's not just about a place that you go when you when you leave Earth. How do you get the most out of the life? If we can all agree that life is a gift and we've been given it, and how do you get the most out of it, right? It's not just about showing up every day, punching a clock. And for some people, maybe it is, and that's too bad. But for those of you that have, are looking for something different in life, looking for to get the most out of life, looking for, for deeper meaning, um, you're not alone. And we hope that this helps navigate through the different um, hazards in life, um, maybe you're going through a time of, of great success, maybe you're going through a time that seems like a bit of a famine, um, you know, we, 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 you'll find that this word is constant, and when you learn how to see it for what it is, and it's not just a bunch of stories, it, it's not... Not just something that was kind of put together randomly that that it, it it may be thousands of years old, but it applies just as much today as it as it did back then. Um so anyway, I'll stop rambling. We're excited to just get started, but I want to introduce Andrew as if those of you who don't know Andrew Whitman, um Dr. Andrew Whitman, uh, but I'm not gonna call you doctor. I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> so anyway, that's my uh my intro there.
1: Uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Now you say a couple of years like we've been together for over a decade. It has been, that and and I'll say this that, so if, um, you're you know we people say that I've known him for thirty years, but not really. I mean, you met me thirty years ago, right? So we've been together. I don't know, like thirteen or fourteen years, but we've been very close. You're in my inner circle. We've been in each other's inner circle for thirteen or fourteen years. Like, there's nothing hidden from you, right? In my life, like when I was in Afgh, I did four deployments to Afghanistan, right? One to Kosovo, one to Jordan when I was at the State Department, and my kids were all like twelve ten and what right and seven and while i was gone you were basically the godfather for them you would take them golfing you taught them golfing you would take right you would come to the house that was before you had kids right so you were like my surrogate um so when you say we know each other we know we have knowledge right of each other and experience for a long time so i just want to say that because uh, you know just because you know somebody for a long time doesn't really mean you know them and you've seen right but you've seen everything Inside, I mean, inside my house, you've seen how we live. Like this, uh, the way, the things that I teach, whether it was corporate or in the word, you know that I believe this stuff. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it ain't just talking points. There's a lot of guys in my business, both of them, right? (laughs) Whether it's minister (laughs) or the speaker, trainer, you know, coach, whatever. It's just a lot of nonsense, man. They just give you the same talking points. They're regurgitating something they heard. But I'm like, I'm all in. I actually believe this stuff. Right, you know right. what I mean. Like, and this is what I was just uh, I, I, I t- people say they believe stuff, but I could tell what you believe by what you do, not by what you say. Like, if you know fast food is bad for you, but you're still going through the drive-through, you don't really believe it's bad for you. Good point. Yeah. So yeah, I say all that to say that all the beliefs that I have have been vetted. I'm a huge fan of science, and science is the scientific method where we investigate. Like that's that my law enforcement stuff, right? I'm investigating things. Um, I don't like to draw conclusions unless I have enough evidence to point reasonably in a direction, right? To extrapolate, right? But, and so anything that you hear come out of my mouth, if it's just like an unvetted opinion, I'll let you know. Like, ah, I don't know about this. I'm just, I stay in my lane and I vet every one of my beliefs. And I have reasons of why I believe what I believe and I've looked at. It. And listen, every one of my beliefs are up for review. Like, if I get new information, I'm going to, add, I don't just be like, no, no, I can't, you know, what's that thing from, uh, no monk, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, right, from the, uh, remember what was the old planet, of the I know I'm showing my age, right, <laughs> like Roddy McDowell planet of the apes, right, where they were like, you can't testify in court, they don't want to hear it, they don't want to see it, they don't, right, um, I'm not like that, I'm not afraid of new information, and then looking at my beliefs, and I this is the question I always ask myself, does this belief that I have, whatever it is, is it helping me or hurting me? And if it's hurting me, then I want to upgrade it on every level. Mm. Like, you know, if sugar is is sugar, eating a lot of sugar, is that helping me or hurting me? Well, then I dig in, I look at all, and like sugar is not helping me. So I have to upgrade my belief. So I like, I haven't had sugar in like a year, man. Yeah. You know, processed sugars. I, just, I don't even do it. I haven't even had, you know, why? Because I believe that that's hurting me eating processed sugar. But and that's just, that's a practical belief, but then you know all these things that then that, that's how that's how God is. It's the word, if you look into his word it's a it's a legal contract, it's a legal document, but everything he does is by rules and laws. He's not some you know shoot from the hip, not winging it. He ain't winging it, and all you have to do is t- and listen, I'll say this. I said this to my son the other day, every miracle that we think is a miracle is just stuff that we haven't discovered the science behind how it works. Every single one. The ones that you think are a miracle, it's just because we don't know. We haven't discovered how to cooperate with whatever that law and principle God has set up in the universe to how to plug into it.
0: Interesting. Where do you think most people struggle with getting into the word and making sense of it?
1: Well, it's you know, if you've ever like struggled with the tax code, (laughs) then you've probably struggled with the Bible. It's a legal document. It's legalese, man. There's a lot of stuff, and people like it's like the tax code. It's conflicting. Like, so one thing tells you you could have this deduction, another thing tells you you can't, right? And then there's this exception and that. So a lot of times, if you don't unwind it, right? And then you got listen. uh, This is it. Just is what it is you wouldn't just go to anybody to have them do your taxes. If you have a complete, right. You go to somebody who knows, and then there's guys that do taxes good. And then guys you go to jail for, because they didn't know how to like, right. this is the same thing with ministers, right down to the, they're just telling you stuff that they heard. They don't understand the tax code. They never dug into it and figured out what does this actually mean? How, so what they do is they tell people, Oh, you can get away with that. You can get, and you might be able to get away with something. And it might be, you know, uh, get away with it a hundred times, but at 101, then you get destroyed. And then they'd be like, well, see, you know, God did that to you. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you have no idea what the tax is. So you wouldn't take it to somebody that didn't know the tax code. And there's guys you take it to, you think they know the tax code, but they don't really. Um, It's the same with, you know, ministers, you know, pastors, teachers, you know, the guys that are, you know, serving this up, the you know, the clergy, if you will. I mean, I was just this, you know, I told you before the show that uh, yesterday for my entertainment, I was on my Facebook feed looking at all the live streaming churches, right? Because nobody's in church right now. Right. Because it's COVID-19 stuff, right? So I said to um, my son the other day, I'm like, this is going to change everything. People are going to realize I don't really even need to go to church. It's not helping me. Because that's my first belief. Is church helping me or hurting me? Right. I had to bet that. Listen, I'm a missionary's kid. I was 12 years old. I knew I, that I was called to teach the word and be in the ministry. 12 years old. I got born again. You know, let you know when I was five years old, six years old it was uh, January 1st, 1973. We had the old watch night service and they were like showing movies of I don't know crazy end time stuff and nineteen seventy three was the old you know, sixteen <laughs> millimeter and I couldn't go to sleep and my you know, I was like I knew I knew, it's like when I realized that I was not you know, I was separated from God and then my mom came in at like three in the morning and and uh, we prayed and I accepted Jesus at six years old. Grew up in, you know, as missionary's kid, grew up in church, was preaching at sixteen whenever my dad wasn't, you know, in the pulpit. Um and then you got to ask yourself, though, is this helping me or hurting me? Mm. And who are you sitting under? Listen, I'll tell you this straight up. If your pastor is is afraid to get sick, you probably shouldn't be sitting there. It'd be like taking it. Did you see the Geico commercial where it was it's okay? And they, she takes their stuff to the accountant. The girl comes into the accountant. <laughs> right. He's like, ah, oh, it's not Phil anymore. It's like that guy fell off a boat. But I'm going by this now. I, I'm okay. And listen, I'm, yeah. that's like what would you like. Like it's funny when we're talking about an accountant, right? But we don't even think about doers going to a, a church, and that's our accountant. The minister would be like our accountant. We have no idea, and they're like, ah, don't worry about it. And they're shredding stuff, and oh I, I fell off a boat, and I'm in the Caymans all the time. Oh, let's don't even go there. <laughs> right, right. So this is what. So this is the first thing is like, what am I doing, and why am I doing it? Like right. that's like the, yeah. and and God always easily he says He's not the author of confusion. So if you're confused when you leave church, it ain't from God. He also says, come, let us reason together. If we're not using uh, our reasonable minds, mm-hmm. uh, and here's, here's something that's totally reasonable. We all know throughout the Bible, and I don't think anybody, uh, whether you're in the church, you're out of the church, we know that you know, God's our father. Yeah, God's our father. Would your father, is it reasonable that your father would strike you with some disease to teach you a lesson? Like, I've got kids, you got kids. Would you break your kid's arm because, like, you know, she took a cookie?
0: Uh, I wouldn't. Never in a million years. No, you wouldn't
1: hurt her at all. I like, guess yeah. the opposite, right? Yeah. So, all wow, this? God's judgment. He's our father, man. Yeah.
0: So, let's talk about that for a second because, obviously, we're dealing, this is in the um, end of March 2020, and we're dealing with, um, I, I guess you could say in, in, in modern times, an unprecedented situation um, with this uh, this coronavirus, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in hindsight always be in 2020. We'll look back and, and, and judge whether we handled this correctly or not. But well, That's another discussion for another time, but the reality is that a lot of people are panicking, and, and, and whenever there's any sort of panic, you're going to get a couple different responses, right, or re- more reactions um, from from the people of, of, of faith, whether it, it doesn't matter what religion uh, or background Correct. you're from, right? right? There is this attitude and this belief that God is all-powerful, and whatever happens in life must be the result of his will. Can you comment on that? Just tell us kind of where did that start? You know, and, and, and how long has that been something we've been dealing with as a, as a human race?
1: Uh, well, since like the garden, right? Immediately, right? So Eve gets the fruit, you know, Satan tells her, this is good, you know, and she doesn't even know what she believes. So let's talk about it. So she says, I can't even touch it. But back up a second, yeah. right? Didn't
0: didn't God tell Adam, don't eat of the fruit? Yeah,
1: don't eat of it. He, he didn't, didn't say you didn't have to look at it. He didn't have to touch it. He said, just don't eat that one, right? Listen, I'm just telling you, you can eat everything else. This one's not a good idea. Just right. like that one, just leave it alone.
0: So Adam and Eve are talking.
1: And I guess Adam tells her, listen, baby, God said, don't eat of that one. So look, don't even touch it.
0: Right, like, the, like, like a typical husband. We're not, we're not going right. to, like, t- give the... Uh, n- no, I'll tell you,
1: I don't even want you getting near, right? This is what just, we do with it. Yeah, don't even touch <laughs> it, baby. Don't even, like, near, don't it. even near it. Yeah. Listen, if you look at it, right, I'll be parents we tell our kids that. If you do that, you're going to go blind. Okay, all right. So, right, don't even touch it. So she doesn't even know why she believes what she believes. She took someone's but word for but it. But
0: she's scared of it.
1: Yeah, and it, she doesn't know. So when and when she's like, listen, man, you can touch it, nothing's going to happen, then she touches it and nothing happens, then she knows she's been lied to, right, or like misled. Well, or told she, the whole story or Or something. she made an assumption, okay, because right. it wouldn't be Adam lied to her because that would have been the first sin, right? So, But she made an assumption, and this is what most of us do. We make assumptions and we don't vet our belief. She believed if I touch it, I'm going to die, but she did not vet that belief. She didn't ask, Adam, is that really what God told you? You know, she did, you know, she was like, okay, if I, you know, and that's what most of us do when we go to our accountant Mm -hmm. or our minister who also did the same thing from generation to generation. And we're just saying stuff like, you know, don't touch it. And so now you're in a jam. So because then she well, that must not be true. So the other part must not be true. So then she, you know, she eats it and she's still good because God didn't tell her not to eat it, told Adam not to eat it. Right but she takes it to Adam, and he's like well in for and for a penny and for a pound all right baby you know and then he eats the chow shall- you know okay. he's like fruit salad Roger that she's like look honey right this is like you know and so he goes for it and then that's when like his eyes are open and that's what and the, it's the the fruit was the knowledge of really the knowledge of evil it says good and evil but they only knew good everything was great right and then he eats it and now he understands adversity affliction calamity misery distress harm so
0: talk about that for a second so um I know one thing that people struggle with is the translations in, in the Bible and how things have come from different languages. You mentioned the knowledge of evil, and then you started mentioning all these other things.
1: Yeah, so Talk when about I start, that for a yeah, second. yeah, so I, was, I always wanted to, because like, here's the vetting be- a belief. Someone tells me that's evil, you know, oh, you've got to, you know, don't even, not even the appearance of evil. Right, that's in my mind. We couldn't go to the movie theater because it would be like the appearance of evil when I was growing up. Could never see a movie because it would be people think you're going to the movie house and they they have R-rated movies. That's the appearance of evil. Yeah, you, know, you you can't um you know drink coke out of a bottle when my grandmother was growing up they couldn't have coca-cola in a bottle because it that was appearance of evil so you know that's where the brown paper bag came from but now the brown paper bag is now also the appearance of evil because we know there's something in there that you're trying to write this whole thing it's just <laughs> nonsense so I'm like well, what does this actually mean so I, I went back to the very first time I could find where the concept of evil comes up in human history and it's in the garden whether it's the Bible or you could look at there's a bunch of other myths you know that in different cultures that all match up to that right so um, that's the first time is this, this Adam and Eve story, the, you know, the evil. So you look in the, and it's the Hebrew, but it's really Sumerian. That's how ancient, that's the first written language ever. If you look at what evil means, it's these 15 components of adversity, affliction, calamity, great grief, harm, heaviness, anxiety, right, ill favor. You think people don't like you, right, trouble, wrong when stuff doesn't work right. And now there's this resistance, right? That's the first time that ever happened. So what Adam does, he, now he realizes that ain't, everything ain't working right after he ate this fruit salad with Eve. And so the first thing he does is he hides from God, but when God calls him on it, he actually blames God. He's uh, like, well, that woman you gave me, you know, God, if you didn't give me her, I would have been fine. I didn't eat that fruit till she came along. Now all of a sudden, you know, woo, and, then, and then, you know, it's all your fault. So to answer your question about this, it's God's will. At the beginning when we've ever screwed up, we don't take blame. It's a no-fault belief system, so it's much easier to just blame God. It must be His will or His working know because His ways are not our ways. Mm. You know, God works in mysterious ways, right? It's easier for us to do that than actually take an honest assessment, look in the mirror, and go, "Listen, man, I, I'm responsible for the choices I make, and that's the results that I get." And uh, you know, this uh, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, the reason was you made decisions, and it got you here. Right. Stop blaming God for it. He right. didn't do it.
0: So that that's an interesting point because it, it's funny how um, what, what's considered wise in modern times is, it's not new it's that 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 theology that belief has been around forever and it's it, it's really how anthropists it, whatever we can't explain right like why was there an earthquake well, it must be God's will why did it why was there a monsoon or a hurricane or why did it Rain in one area of the country and not the other. It's almost like dark age wisdom. Right? It was
1: back then right, because yeah. they figured, but now, and that's what I said, I'm a huge fan of science. You start yeah. to realize these things. Okay, the tectonic plates are shifting, right? <laughs> right. So, and the jet stream, you know, is moving because of the rotation of the Earth, and right, and the magnetic poles are, you know, so the whole thing's kind of t- right. There's science behind all these things instead right. of blaming it on God. First off, so yes, the acts of God, quote, quote, the hurricanes and all that stuff, you know, um. And, but th- then you go to the micro level, right? That's the macro level. We see the hurricane coming on the micro level or the tornado, right? Why did God let my t- you know, trailer get ripped up? Why did God let my home burn in that wildfire? Why did God? Well, God ain't doing any of it. First off, did he tell you to build your house in the middle of the forest where there's wildfires? Right. Probably not. Yeah. You just did it. And then, you know, when stuff happens, then you're like, why did this happen to me? Like this is the same thing my kid would like when they were tiny they would like trip and spill their milk and they'd be like look what you did to me I'm like man I'm a saying why are you blaming me I'm like, this is the human condition <laughs> is for, to
0: blame somebody and, and else and it's interesting that it was the first reaction that Adam had right and
1: it's, it's just, never stopped it's never stopped no
0: so that kind of brings up two questions, right so if so we know that since the fall evil's introduced to the world and it, and it's not just like murdering and things it's it's it's, it's this concept of of daily, minute by minute occurrences of adversity, right? No matter where Right. You go. So you're going to resistance. Are like, God adversity. cursed
1: the earth. He didn't curse the earth. He told Adam what's coming. And so Eve because of
0: because of this, go ahead, and play that out for us. So
1: yeah. So then you you entered. Everything was fine. Now listen, the reason that he even put the why did God put the tree in the middle? Because like, we have to have a. If you had, it's like making your kids say I love you. And you're going to love me or I'm going to beat you. That's not – that does, as a parent, I want my kid to come to me and love me because they want to. I don't make them love me. Mm. They have to have the choice to love me or not love me. Free will. Me. Right. Right. So that's why they put so – this guy's like, listen, here's the thing, right? Otherwise, you're, you're just a robot and automaton yeah. and a pet.
0: But everything he created was good. I mean, it says it throughout the whole – part of the story of creation yeah he did this and it was good and he did this and it was good good. great. so everything was good it's all good then
1: right and then they so you have this choice and it's funny because satan said you know if you eat this then your eyes are going to be open and you'll become like him and if you look in the hebrew it says uh that god came down and he said listen we can't let them live in this state because they you know they came out from us Mm. They were already like, we already were like God. They didn't realize it. it's a shame that. Right. They didn't, re- they fell for that trick. Yeah. Right. Because they were, they're infants. They're just youngsters. They were, you know, gullible, but but they were like God. They, because God doesn't know adversity, He doesn't know affliction. Like, then here's what the curse on the, the curse on the ground with what we call the curse of the fall, right? God didn't curse it. He's telling them what happened. And here's what happened. It just in a nutshell, there's resistance to work. Right. Before they ate. And they knew adversity, affliction before their eyes were like gold was laying on the ground. They didn't have to dig it out. Fruit was just on the, they didn't have to like, they didn't have to pull weeds. They didn't have to mine stuff. Right. So there's always, there was no resistance to work. Now I want you to imagine what could we get done? You still had to do work. It wasn't like you're sitting around in a heart, right? Because he tended the garden, he kept the garden. But you don't, there's no resistance to your work. Imagine whatever you set out to do and there's no resistance to it. What you could accomplish.
0: So uh, when you mentioned before, uh, the image I get, especially having little kids now, is like when I watch my five-year-old playing, she's in this little world of her own. And if I left her there, she'd be there all day. And, and, it, and she's just using her own natural ability to do things. It, it, it'd be like, almost, that's the image. I don't know if that's correct or not. But it's no, it image. is. That's it's, right on. It's the image I get is we would be having that attitude of, of, of doing all these things would be fun Right, it'd right. With fulfilling, it'd be it would be. Oh, I gotta.
1: The she doesn't uh, run. This is what happens: is when you're younger, you really when you're when you first come out of the birth canal, you don't know adversity or affliction right. or calamity. You have no idea. Even if you you know your parents are like addicted to crack, you don't know.
0: You don't know, right? But if you treat it, say, like a a job in modern day, what, what maybe you're uh, maybe you're in the, in the technology business and you're and you're a coder. What if you were able to code the same with the same attitude and enthusiasm as a five-year-old playing with little toys?
1: Right, and there's no resistance. So when you're playing with toys, there's no resistance, you, right? It's you're, fun.
0: You enjoy it. It's you just you're exploring, you're learning, and you never want to stop.
1: And you accomplish everything you set right. out to do. How, how, so the question there's is, no how, what can we accomplish right. if everybody Anything. had that attitude? Correct. Oh, my gosh. Right. So <laughs> that's the first thing is you understand that's the resistance. So to bring it around, like yeah. today— that's why we're we freak out about stuff, and then we have to blame somebody. Mm. Listen, I'm sure there's somebody we could track it back. There is a reason why we have this virus spread, and there's reasons why the econ- the economy is shut down. There's reasons, right? But let's not blame anybody. You have to figure out how can I work through this, right? Because if you're focusing on <laughs> I just all you know, my blood's boiling. Blah, blah blah. How is that helping you, right? Right, and then you, because you're blaming other people, just like Adam blaming God. Right, so you could either say it's God's judgment, or you say I saw the, you know, well Satan's just trying to separate us, and Jesus is taking this to put us together. Jesus ain't doing any of this. Now, what you want to do with this situation? That's up to you. Like smart people, we already had good relationships with our family. Right. We didn't have to wait for an epidemic or a pandemic and a massive global crisis to get to know my family. Smart people already did that. I didn't have to wait for that to get to, you know. So this whole no-fault belief system, it runs rampant through every religion. You know, that's what, you know, the Greek gods, we blame stuff. We made up stuff. So if you don't blame, like, the one true God, you blame every other God. You make up gods to blame them. But whatever it is, it's not my fault, right? I was yeah. the Blues Brothers, right? When John Belushi's in the basement with Carrie Fisher, that's Princess Leia, by the way, and she's got the M sixteen on him. He's like, "Baby, there was a flood, a hurricane, the cab out that." That's why he left her at the altar, and he drops in the mud. And he, the only time he pulls his sunglasses off in the whole movie, and she's right. like, "Oh, baby," and she drops the gun, and he's like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> I mean, that's ex- like that's exactly what we're doing with the whole you know, blaming God and it's His will and Angela and all that stuff.
0: So kind of on that theme it it if it's um it's not his will and not his plans the other thing you hear commonly is that that god's in control god is sovereign over everything can you talk a little bit about about maybe the myth behind that and maybe how it can be better applied
1: yeah so God's not in control. If he is, he's a maniac. And well, why are you worshiping him? In control of what? Uh, right. He's not in control of the plan. He's like, oh God. I, he's man. Listen, but I used to have this when I was a you know corporal in the Marine Corps. I was you know, before I even understood this stuff. I'm just coming out of my religious background, and I had this thing on my you know my wall locker. It said, "Relax, God's in control." And that was how I like dealt with all of the bad stuff. That God's in control. Um, yeah, no, he's not. Like, there are wars and famines and, uh, you know, people getting sick. Like if he's in control of that, man, he's worse than a psychopath. I mean, he is a psychopath. He's like, you know, a serial killer if he's in control. Now, God's in control where you let him. See, the kingdom of God, king's domain is where we get the word kingdom. King's domain. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So it's all the people that let God have control. And listen. You could be, you know, buy into all this stuff and be a worshiper and a believer and still not let God have control. You could step outside his domain at any time. Mm. Right? So, where he is in control, that's what it was. It's in heaven. You know, streets are of gold. There's no crying, no tears in heaven. There's no sickness, there's no famine. Right. And that's where he's in control. Now, he made planet Earth. And gave it to Adam. Adam was in. Well, if you, I don't want to get into all this, but it was really Lucifer's plan at first. There were civilizations here before Adam. Well, before, you know, um, there was. That's where like the ancient aliens, right? You ever watch that show? <laughs> yeah. Are like, what do you think of that? I'm like, yeah, that's real. That's people were here. There was there was stuff here. But they were not God class beings. when Adam was created, he was a he was created in God's image. That's the first God class being. Lucifer was the god of this world. That's where his throne was. Here, it was actually on Jerusalem, right? For eons before the ice age, eons, right? That's why we we're digging up all this stuff that was there. And there's like there's people we find different Neanderthals and this and that, and different. There's no missing link. That's why they haven't found a link between the two, because they were actually created here before Adam was, and they're not God class beings. They were beings. They were intelligent. They were sentient, but they weren't three part beings.
0: Not to get too far off yeah. track, but. I know, Talk right? Talk about <laughs> three class the God class being three parts. Just briefly. Yeah, just so, so created
1: in God's image, there's a we have a we have a body, right? We live in it. That's our earth suit, I call it. The body. Mm. We have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and then the part of us that's eternal is our spirit. That's the three parts, right? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah. It's really the, the Father is the soul, the mind, the will, and emotions. The Holy Spirit is the spirit. Right, the eternal part, and then Jesus is the body, the Son. He became the body, and we're created in that same image. We're a triune being, just like our God is a triune God. Well, Satan isn't a three-part being. Lucifer, or Michael, the archangel, or Gabriel—they're all uh, the angel class, right? They—they they are a two-part being. Okay. They're a spirit, and they have a a body, if you will. Now, we don't see their body, but they can physically manifest. And they did, when this is getting super deep, but you'll see, there's times when you can pierce that spiritual veil and you can see their body. But they were here, Lucifer was here with body and spirit. They didn't have the, and the Hebrew word is nephilim, like no soul, right? So, um, so there was commerce, it says. There was this is the way that John looked ahead to see revelation yeah. in the future. Ezekiel yeah. and Jeremiah and Isaiah they all looked backwards and they saw this that there was commerce here, that there were cities here, there was uh, trade and wealth and trafficking and moving stuff around, and there was great. Uh, it was a prosperous uh, kingdom with great knowledge. Which is why you see on this ancient alien stuff, right? That that there was great knowledge, and yeah, they're ancient, and they were aliens. They're not us, right? So I'm, I'm so go watch that show on History Channel. It's it's real. Um, it, 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 that's just science. They dig this. There's a lot of conjecture, but they dig this stuff up in archaeology, and they know like that we don't have like how did the, this knowledge to build this stuff even have like how did they get these stones up here? You know right. what I mean? Without right? So yeah. anyway, well, Satan decided. Hey, man, Lucifer's like, listen planet heaven is much better than planet earth where God's throne is. I I can do a better job than him. Right. And so he decides he's going to go up to heaven and, you know, take over. Well, God shoots him out. Like a like just swats him like a bug and he lands on planet earth and God shuts the lights out and he floods it the first time there's the Bible talks about two floods. Well, you flood the planet and you shut the sun and the sun goes dark. What happens is everything freezes. So there's the first ice age. He even talks about that in Job. So, Satan is not a three part, but he was the God of this world. So then uh, eons go by. Eons. We don't know. Between Genesis 1 1 and 1 2, it could be a couple billion years goes by. And I uh, said, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost are up there playing, you know, part cheesy or whatever. And, you know, they're like, hey, what do you think about, you know, fixing up the old place down there? You know, Earth. What do you think about that? It's been a while. It's frozen. What do you think? Like, All right, yeah, we can fix it up. So then it says that the Holy Spirit in Genesis 1 2 says he's brooding over the. Former that right, he's it says in the Hebrew, he's like sitting on it like a mother hen warming up an egg. So it's falling it out, right? And then then the seven days of what we call this world, not the earth, but the world, this order of things, and then he creates, you know, how the this order of things happens and Adam. He creates Adam and of course Eve, a God class being and makes him the God of this world. Well now, Satan's still here on the planet. Um and he if you were you were king and now someone else's king what would that make you feel like to that person
0: it'd be kind of like if uh, you know you had this beautiful mansion somewhere and you left for a while on vacation you came back and somebody else is living in it right probably try to get it back
1: correct I don't like you in fact I hate you you got all my stuff right so that's what so Satan just hates hates me so Adam is the god or king of this world right and this is his kingdom his domain man's domain and so Satan immediately figures out you know, all right, I got to get this back. So he does the thing with the fruit, right? The, the, you know, he does the first commercial. It's marketing. Look, it's so shiny. It's good. It's tasty. It's juicy. You love it. And of course, he markets to the, uh, the wife, and she says, okay. And then Adam says, okay, baby, whatever you want. And then, they, that, that's what, and then they, they turn the thing over to Satan. So now Satan is the God of this world again. He, so Adam turned it over to Satan. So now who's in control of this world? Who's king who's king now? Adam was king, this was his domain, and he turned it over to Lucifer, who's who's now running the show. Right. So when
0: when things happen on planet Earth and people are saying it's it's God's will, they're talking about the wrong God. Yeah,
1: they're talking about Satan. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean really, they may not no, know. No, that, but that's what it is. But that's really right. yeah. Yes. Destruction, yeah. all that stuff yeah. comes from
0: that's his idea. Right. That's his plan. Yeah.
1: So and um so then when Jesus, so God's like, man, I got to get this back, right? Um, so he sends, he, it takes 4,000 years to get Jesus here. And, you know, we've talked about, we could go through all that. But we, be, we probably will, not today. Eventually, right. <laughs> but he got, there's legal steps that he takes to get Jesus here. It's not just like, oh, I'll just send Jesus. Because, right. you know, it's like, oh, things had to right? happen. Yeah. And, and legally they had to happen. Right. Remember I told the Bible, it's, like the, it's a legal document, it's like the tax code. Mm. Things had to be done legally, in evidence. Right so he could legally so this is the same thing if you had a squatter in your house you can't just go kick him out you have to go through the courts get an eviction order walk through that process it takes time
0: mm-hmm. so, and you can't do it all yourself you have to get people here
1: to actually play well, you got to have right you got to get lawyers All right, so yeah. all that so yeah. <laughs> so anyway jesus comes back and he buys the planet Back, but he's bought the planet back only for people who buy into him right God's domain is now Jesus said there's the kingdom of heaven that's where the throne is mm-hmm. that's God's domain, and then there's also the kingdom of God, which is in you, Jesus says, so anybody that's a believer, you've now entered into God's domain, and you can leave at any time
0: right so the the image I get of that is almost like if you are tapped as an ambassador to the United States and you're sent say to China, you are technically... China. In China.
1: Right? China.
0: <laughs> but wherever you go...
1: <laughs> China. Sorry. Many, many, many. I don't know why China. that came to me. It many. just
0: came to me. But yeah, it could many, many, Yeah,
1: Many countries. China. Okay, go
0: ahead. But you're, you're an ambassador of the United States in a foreign country wherever you go, you represent that
1: nation, mm-hmm.
0: but you're still in a foreign country.
1: Right. Right, And inside the embassy is, like, the sovereign ground. That's where the United States, right? right? Until, like, in Iran, until it's not. Until it's not. Right. That's exactly right. That's so a what good picture. It's is like,
0: is like the, the kingdom, the whole kingdom of God is, is, yeah, the answer to the question of where is, when and where is God in control? Well, he's in control in his kingdom, and that's if well, that's
1: why we're called ambassadors of Christ. So here's right. heaven state department. If you we're heaven state department, foreign policy is a, a word of reconciliation. It says in the Bible. So we're trying to get everybody into the camp. We're trying to mm-hmm. hey look, we're making peace. God ain't mad at you. I can't even tell you how many times that says that in the Bible over and over. He's not mad at the world. Loves the world. Trying to make peace with the world. Trying to get as many people inside His protection. If you you know you the U.S. does the same thing, right? We think oh man. That's why we went to Afghanistan, right? We're going to road out the bad people in you know, Iraq. I mean, we'll turn them into us. they will be a democracy, right? But people, they didn't take it, right? Yeah. So even though we spent trillions of dollars in blood and treasure and we've decade, it's right back where it was before we got there. And this is what most people are like on planet Earth when it comes to like God's trying to like, hey, man, I want you to have heaven on earth. I mean, we all, anybody that knows anything, right? The Lord's Prayer.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. Let's go through that.
1: Our because That's something that
0: everybody's heard, right? You if know you come it. To you church. could probably say,
1: if you've ever been to church, and you're like, or you've even watched a movie, it's probably on there. Whenever they're in a panic, they'd be like saying they're our fathers, right? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop the tape. This is so simple. This is what, he, this is what Jesus taught us to pray, that the will would be done on earth the same way it's done in heaven. If there's like no sickness in heaven, mm. no, his will is not sickness on earth. Let I me mean, ask, is there COVID 19 in heaven? I'm guessing no. No, there's probably not his will, Corvid. It's not probably. There isn't. And do they need ventilators in heaven? Are they running out of ventilators down at St. Luke's in New Jerusalem? Do I'm they guessing, even have a St. Luke? I'm
0: guessing there's no hospitals.
1: I mean, give me a, you know, the soup kitchen. They're running out of food down there. You know, the homeless population in New Jerusalem. Jesus blew it when he said he was building all those mansions because he ran out. It's right. All these things, right? It's just so simple, and we make it so hard. I mean seriously if you don't know anything other than that that just pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven then just imagine what it is in heaven that's what his will is on earth stop blaming him there's no tornadoes in heaven there's no famine there's no sickness there's no war and you know what there's no recession and your 401k is always enough in heaven your retirement money ain't running out in heaven they're not going to you know repo the car is God going to get his Hummer repoed you know no he ain't worried about it he ain't worried about the price of gas in heaven so if you're not if you could have that picture then you know that it shouldn't be that's not his will on earth
0: so if we find ourselves focused on those things and it's easy to do for most people in, in this time with with there's lots of craziness going on yeah um, we're we're focused on and we don't even, and most people they don' even realize that that when they're worrying, they're basically the practicing evil, right? I mean, they're that—that's a—that's what's on the list of evil is worry, distress, great grief, right? Yeah. So, so it's, it's what it's do we what, faith in reverse, right? right okay.
1: So, you know, because faith is that I believe. It's really actually it's faith. that's not even in reverse, but faith is a belief, right? Faith is that you have absolute trust that something's going to happen, like. I have faith that the trash guy comes on Tuesdays. And on Wednesday, I know he came yesterday, but I also have faith that he's coming next Tuesday. Do you know how I now I have faith? Because in my mind, I see it's going to happen, and on Monday, what do I do? Monday you night?: All your trash.: together, And I put it outside. Put it outside in the curb. Right. And then the trash guy comes. That's faith. I know something's coming. I expect it to happen, and I take action based on my expectations, and then it becomes a reality, a self-fulfilling prophecy. I believe, this is most people, if you have a job, you believe, you're in faith, that you're going to get paid either this week or next week.
0: Right. You probably have no inside information looking at the books, looking at the bank accounts of the company, whether it's big or small. It's just they've always paid
1: you. That's how it works. And I believe. And believe I expect it. it. I go to work so every you, day. And you base your life Yes, you're th- th- that that paycheck's coming. Sure. Right. Right. Your bill pay, all the everything, the the decisions you make is based on that. So when you start to panic and worry, you're seeing and expecting things that haven't happened yet, but in the negative. You're imagining you're having faith for bad results, for the worst possible result. Okay. So I'm going to imagine that the trash guy ain't coming on Tuesday. And even though he just came yesterday, and now it's Wednesday, and I'm all mad... Because I'm, I, I know he ain't coming. You know, that trash company, those guys, are, you know, uh, this COVID, you know, all this stuff. The economy's going down. The trash ain't going to get picked up. I know it's not going to get picked up. I know it won't get picked up. And because I don't believe it's going to get picked up on Monday night, what I do is just be complaining and moaning that the trash ain't going to get picked up. And then I didn't put my trash out. And then when he came on Tuesday, guess what? My trash didn't get picked up, and it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And now I knew it wasn't going to get picked up. See, I was right. They didn't pick my trash up. You didn't put it out. (laughs) I know this sounds like silly, but that's exactly what we're doing.
0: Right. But we're doing it with things like our health and our finances and... You right. Know, relationships and things like that.
1: Correct. And the funny thing is, like, here's the, the medical science behind that. Mm. When you worry and you have that faith in reverse, right, for that bad outcome, what happens hormonally in your body is you produce the hormone cortisol,
2: mm.
1: which blocks, like, dopamine. It blocks your sleep. It blocks testosterone. It makes you soft and squishy and more depressed. And now it's a downward spiral, and you can't fight your biology. So, this faith principle. Is also rooted in science, right? You cannot fight your biology, and the more that you go down that path... Now, look, if you have the other path where you're using, you know, faith, and you're going for a target, you're doing... You know what? I feel good when I put my trash out. Right. That's dopamine is being released in my body. The happiness hormone, you've accomplished something. Good job. When I declutter my house because I'm... right. I'm doing some. I'm taking positive steps towards a positive outcome and a positive future. My biology, my body goes, "Oh, this is great," and it produces hormones that make me feel happy and fulfilled and joyful. When I'm doing the other, my body produces hormone, and these are these hormones are drugs. You might as well be like, if you're going to be in fear and worry, you just be mindless, you know, putting a a needle in your arm and and mainlining bad, bad things. I don't even. I mean, it's like. results of opioid addiction Mm. it's like meth crack what you're you're literally mainlining bad but you're doing it And this is funny because the more devout people would never do those things they're just as much a biologic chemically a train wreck in their body because their body's producing these things naturally that shipwreck them and it makes your immune system weak which actually attracts the the virus and every other kind of virus and bacteria and disease and sickness, and that's just that's just medical science. That, that has nothing to even do with the word. That's right. just like the workings of why the, why God said do this, and then we figured out why all that happens.
0: Right. But it is interesting that it does it does in Proverbs it talks about it to, to guard your heart, because out of it flow the issues of life. Right. And, right. And and so if if you are living in anxiety and depression and worry and grief. It's like you're letting those things into your heart,
1: right? Right, and then that's also going to come out. It's going to yeah. issue, right? So that's, and the issues your results. Your results are going to be based on And you've
0: talked about this. When you've coached people at, at you, know, you know, high levels of, of uh, society in, in, in performing, whether it's executives or athletes or, you can identify them where they're at, how?
1: Fill listen to their self-talk. In like, like second, like literally right. within thirty seconds, someone will. And I know that's like a honed skill, but I listen for language and how you talk about yourself, and I know immediately where you're at.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I know if you're being a victim.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I know if you're in in worry and fear, or I also know but you're somebody that's a high performer, what I call an elite warrior. I can tell if you're average, you just want to be comfortable, right? I could tell if you're a tyrant, I'm going to mow you down and run you over. I could tell if you're defeated already. Like I was going to say Cleveland Browns, but that was you know, a couple of years ago. I could going bring that up, man. Because I, I love you. Uh, <laughs> Miami Dolphins this past year, right? Where you're defeated, you've lost before you even started. I can hear that right. um, in the words you use, the tone of voice you use if you just listen to the language, right. Are you using the language of fear and scarcity or the language of love and abundance?
0: Mm. So we talked about the concept of evil, its origin. You went from, uh, the story of creation to kind of recreation. If you don't mind me using that term in about five minutes and we can definitely talk about that later. It's a great story. Um, we talked about we haven't talked about the other side, the good. Can you talk about the concept of, of good and what the depth of what that word means in, in the original language in Hebrew and
1: Yeah, well and and again that Hebrew, Sumerian, yeah. Chaldean. Um yeah. that the good like there's fifteen components of evil, it's the mirror is fifteen components of good, which is beauty, bounty, better, the best, happy welfare, cheerful, at ease, lighthearted, willing, right, luxurious, the finest, the best. Um, you know, health, prosperity. These are all good things. Which you are, I mean, when you say it, you're like, yeah. You know, but you go to church and like evil is like cussing, drinking, smoking, chewing, going out with those that do, <laughs> uh, abortion, gay marriage, and uh, anybody that doesn't agree with my politics. Right. Uh, you know, or you could go to, you know, the other end. There's There, there are groups of churches out there that it's evil is, pro-life, you know, you're trying to stop me from having my choices, that you're not feeding the homeless and you're not, you know, feeding the poor and you're not letting illegal immigration, Right, and then you don't agree with my politics, so you're evil.
2: Mm.
1: Listen, God ain't either one of those. Right? And he don't really care. And mm. right? he cares about you as an individual. And what he wants for you is good. Beauty, bounty, better, the best, happy welfare, cheerful, lighthearted, willing, glad health. prosperity
0: so that's the target right that's his that's his will that's how we were created before all the stuff happened in the garden that his intention was to have a uh, humans take the earth and have and have it produce nothing but good
1: yeah and that there would be no resistance to their work they could create so i was (laughs) people say like cleanliness is next to godliness well godliness means being like god god likeness the very first way we're introduced to God is that He's building stuff. He's a creator.
2: Mm. Oh yeah. All so
1: right. it—that's what He wanted His—and we're created in His image. He wanted here's the earth. You guys, just like you know your five year old. Here's all the building blocks. Go create something mm. in your world. Imagination, creativity. Go create. And there's no resistance to that creation. Just like when you're a child, there's no resistance. You're not knocking the blocks over, right? But that's right. what Satan came along and he started knocking the blocks over. To use that same, you know. But that's that was the original plan was this was our sandbox and go build whatever you want out of it.
0: That's a uh, that's powerful.
1: Yeah, so listen, when you're building a business or you're building a life and you're building you're acting like God. That's godliness when you're mm. building something. When you're laying on your couch complaining and moaning, not like God. Building and creating like God. Doing nothing, being slothful, lazy, and complaining, not like God, it's like this is so easy.
0: <laughs> it seems like though the starting place for all this is it's like our bodies right our bodies are gonna resist, right they came from from the from the dirt, so to speak,
1: yeah, the curse- and the curse right. was in the ground, so yeah, yeah, so yeah,
0: right, the spirit that's a discussion for another day, but battleground is where
1: it's your mind and your emotions it's your mind and your emotions so really it is part of your body so this is what i call right the ceo of you for my corporate stuff right and the ceo of you that's really your spirit that's the real you the administrator that's who's in charge and you you know as a ceo of you get your board of directors to act in concert for your betterment and your board of directors is your body mind and emotions right so, so who should win the vote is the mind but it's usually the and there's You know, the body will side with either the mind or it will side with the emotions. And most people who have not renewed their mind, their body sides with their emotions and they only do stuff they feel like doing. Or they complain the whole time, like the alarm went off and I got to go to work and there's rush hour traffic. Or now we're complaining because there's no rush hour traffic. Well, which one do you want? You know, you were complaining because you had to grind it out and go to work. And now you're complaining because you can't go to work. Right. This is your mind and your um being left out and your body and emotions running the show. So what it says in Romans is that we have to get our mind and our body together. And then once you dominate your body, which Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the easiest part to dominate. You have to renew your mind. Like, how do you think your thoughts? Like to begin to really, and like I said before, vet your beliefs. That's the first part. You can't just have all these beliefs out there that you haven't even vetted. And But that's what we do, right? And stuff that you don't even know where you picked it up. Like if it ain't broke.
0: Don't fix it. Uh, who told you that? Yeah, Passed down from ages, right. right?
1: Well, the telegraph, beep, 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 <laughs> beep, beep, in the 1800s, that wasn't broke, but Alexander Graham Bell, gone it, how come he fixed it with yeah. the telephone? And then he had the dial-up telephone, zook, dek, 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 that wasn't broke, but we fixed it with touchstone. Beep, 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 right? And then it was a landline. That wasn't broke. It worked just fine. It still works today as far as I know right? But then we went to this, you know, the cell phone, the bag phone and the brick, right? Can you hear me now? And then we went to the flip phone, the razor and all that. And now it's smartphones, right? None of those things were broken. But so why were we fixing it? Yet you live your life like that. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's a program. That's a a belief that you didn't even, it's a self-limiting belief that you probably weren't even aware of that's going on. I was coaching a client the other day talking about our 401k. I'm like, Two weeks ago, she's like, two weeks ago, my 401k was higher than ever. Right. I said, and what was it still telling you when you looked at it then? It was telling you, I'm not enough. Even when the Dow was at 30,000, you looked at your portfolio and you still said, it still told you, I'm not enough. Mm. Because Because what do you believe is that you have to retire and you can't make any more money after a certain point of your age. Right. Well, who told you that?
0: Right that's probably a thought that never occurred to someone to think to think that thought to have that thought. It was just an accepted fact of life but yeah.
1: it's obviously not a fact. Right and when they keep telling me, well they changed in the retirement age to get my social security which is also not enough and who told you you had to retire? Yeah. Who told you you had to stop making well if I if I do make money then my social security benefits will get cut. Do you like, which are also not enough. Right. Yeah. Why are you planning on checking out of life and doing nothing? Like not it, I, I, I just don't get that self-limiting belief. You look at your bank account and it's always going to tell you it's not enough, because that's how you were brought up. Mm. You know who doesn't have that thought? Jeff Bezos, right. The market tanked, he lost like dude. He still has like uh, so much money he can't even count. I'm like, the market dropped. all that wealth was lost. He didn't lose anything because five years ago... He still had less than he does now, even with the market tanking, and he doesn't look at his bank account and go that I guarantee he doesn't even look at his bank account. he hires other people to look at it. <laughs> right so this is a because he doesn't have that self limiting right. belief anymore, same thing with bill Gates, Warren buffett
0: yeah, the attitude of uh, of of a belief of abundance um it, it, it's so it's almost like you're living in a different world right from 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 people that are living in fear and you've been around some people that are that are very powerful and, and wealthy and, and it it it's i mean the stories you've shared with me privately have been very interesting and in, just in that how they look at look at things look at challenges look at
1: um you would call them rich people problems <laughs> right right if they're not they don't worry about they're not living in fear and scarcity the funny thing is most of them uh, did not inherit their wealth.
2: Hmm.
1: It's the ones that inherited their wealth. They still live in fear and scarcity. Right. Because you know what they know? They got rid of all the self-limiting beliefs. They upgraded their beliefs and they went to work and now they know that they can build it. Even if they lost everything, yes, it might be a pain to start all over again, but they already know how to do it. Right. And they've done it before and I can do it again. Right. So that's, and, and really the people that, and be like, well, I mean, it used to be a millionaire was a big deal, but it ain't anymore. So let's go billionaire. I could never be a billionaire. Then you can't. And then once you make your first billion, you know you can. And the thing that's keeping you from making your first billion is you don't believe you can. But as soon as you do, it's just like, you know, now I've already done it. I don't have to believe that I can do it. I already know. I have a track record of doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I change. So, But to get there, listen, it's like, you know, one of my clients is Clemson football. You're a big Clemson fan. You're a Clemson grad. Back in the day before Dabo came on board, the new coach, the old coach, he was just happy being in second. Mm-hmm. They never believed they could ever win. They even had a term. They called it Clemsoning. Because as soon as we go, oh, oh, look where I was. Like Peter walking on the water. Oh, my gosh, we're about to win. And then they, oh, no, they the, say, wind's the wind's big and the waves big. And somebody yeah. caught a pass and it's fourth. And then they sink. <laughs> One of the things that they had to do was change that so that they believed that they were champions well before they ever became champions. They had to dig that out. I mean, if you remember, like, the coach would go ballistic. Dabo would go ballistic if any reporter mentioned that word. Mm-hmm. People are like, what's wrong with him? I am like, he's digging that out of the culture. He's got to change that belief of fear and scarcity into love and abundance. We got this.
0: It had become an identity. And, yeah. And you said it become part of the culture. You know, I look at, like, what we've talked about so far just in the last hour. And, yeah, we're living in a, in a, in a very interesting time. I mean, times are always interesting, but this is even more so, right? And we've we've talked today about how we can understand kind like, of where this stuff comes from and why, and difference in in good and evil, in abundance and say fear or scarcity. How can we start for somebody maybe who is new to this, who? looks in the mirror and says, yeah, you know what, this is me. I have been having a fear and scarcity mentality. I have been living in lack, and I have been limiting myself based on beliefs I haven't really vetted or chosen. I've just kind of accepted. Let's talk about maybe what is our identity, and and what's the identity that, that God wants for us or that, that Jesus paid for us to have. And maybe how can we get started understanding what that means and, and take steps towards uh towards living it
1: yeah and we should do that on episode two
0: i I think that's a good yeah all right so here's what
1: you should do go listen to this again share it with three or four friends that you know would also be interested in it and then listen to episode two
0: (laughs) all right well you heard it y'all coming soon episode two is where do we go from here and, and and how do we how do we really start making this ours if it's not already and if it is how can we do it better Appreciate y'all joining us today. Andrew, thanks as always. It's always fun. Good times, bro. Yeah, man. We got a lot more to come. And uh, like you said, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that would listen to this and think we're crazy, and that's fine. Uh, not worried about that. What we do want ask is if, if, if you like this, if you like the format, if you like the topics, pick a couple people, man. You don't have to share it with the world. Don't, don't be putting it on Facebook necessarily. I mean, you can if you want, but we're not asking you to truth and, and, and wisdom and, and, and encouragement always come best from a personal one-on-one contact, right? So if there's people, you know, that are struggling with things and, and you feel that they may be seeking for answers, you feel, feel, feel comfortable and appropriate. Maybe share this them. Great. If not, no worries, but keep listening. There's a whole lot more. We got lists and lists of stuff to uncover. And I think you're going to, like the direction that we're going is helping you make sense out of a lot of these things and helping you kind of navigate these waters that um, you may find yourself in for the first time. So until next time, hope everybody out there stays healthy. And remember that uh, good belongs to you and um, God's good and he loves us all. Talk to you soon.